Hello, everybody, and welcome to another fantastic, at least I hope so, uh, rendition of At Nerdvana Live, coming to you literally live right now from between two worlds. That's right, we are, we are between two worlds. We are in the liminal space, the podcast booth, between Nerdvana Coffee and Spirits and Nerdvana, rather, Nerdvana Coffee and games rather <laughs> and uh nirvana food and spirits um so we are in between a coffee shop and a restaurant and it, it 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 smells fantastic and it's driving me wild um we are here in the lovely balmy suddenly humid uh frisco texas yes Texas. Um, and i am your host elisa melendez new media manager for gearbox software and gearbox publishing and i am sitting next to a delightful new entry uh, into our uh, amazing carousel of guests. Uh, this is the one, the only Dante Silva. Say hi to the people. Hello, the people. I am Dante Silva, the one, the only. And what is it that you say you do here, What Dante? I say I do <laughs> yeah. here uh, is everything of importance. What I actually do here is a few things of great importance. You're Among a man of them, many hats. Yes, I am a man of many hats. One of the most important and enjoyable of them is uh, the master of lore oh. and regulator of hyphens, ellipsis, you know, style, typography, grammar, spelling, that kind of thing. Anytime there's like a dis- difference between a, you know, actual ellipsis character and a Chicago style <gasps> spaced three period ellipsis, I'm the Ooh. guy who reports it. Wow. Okay. So we are going to get into um, the most controversial topic um, that I think might be pertinent to a man of your world. Chocolate chip versus oatmeal raisin. Mm-hmm. I've covered this extensively. I understand. Yes. Um, what are, are you team chocolate chip or are you team oatmeal raisin? Oh, God. I feel like oatmeal raisin can hardly be called a team and it's more of a cult. Uh, chocolate chip is really the only way to go. I agree. As would any reasonable red-blooded human being. Unfortunately, there are alien crab people in our midst who prefer oatmeal raisin. But the real controversy is, and I know that there is a certain someone, there are probably a lot of people that are going to instantly cringe and get their hackles up as soon as they hear this question, but, and I don't know this, right? So, so that you are going to see my reaction live on air right now. How do you feel about the Oxford comma the oxford comma is the greatest thing to happen to grammar since the invention of the period wait hold on hold on hold on hold on uh hold that is correct there's no reason (laughs) to not use the oxford comma it it offers great pacing and style and clarity it's just good it's just good grammar it's good country home style grammar farm the table farm the table it is artisanal Artisanal. It's artisanal grammar. Now, if you want to debate uh, the 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 veracity of the Oxford comma, if you want to weigh in on chocolate chip versus oatmeal raisin or anything else uh, that you want to talk to us about, feel free to call that number that is there on the screen, or you can join our Discord. The Linky Lou is down below where we are both Vanna Whiting and showing that off. It is there. Uh, so, so feel free to contact us. Um, wanted to give a little bit of time for the callers to stream in. We already have a couple in line already, so I'm super stoked about that. Um, mm. 
But um, I wanted to sort of, you know, throw another thing in the air for you um, and, and for other folks to talk about in terms of the most recent gaming news, um, because this is at Nerdvana Live, and I've, I'm correct in assuming that we're both just a bunch of nerds. I am quite nerdy, it is true. I, I, play, I play Dungeons & Dragons. There is a session that I am going to immediately after this show, and there was a session I played just yesterday. <laughs> And another session on Thursday. So I play pretty regularly. I play video games. I watch nerdy movies. What, what class do you typically gravitate towards in D&D? I'm almost ashamed to say rogue. Why am I not surprised? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, it's just the fighting thing isn't for me unless I can leverage an unfair advantage. That is quite roguish. Yes. That is quite rogue-like. Hey, ah, that's a, that's a, just bringing it back to game. Good with words. Thank you. You should be a worder. Ah, I totally should. But that's that's literally what it says on your business card, right? Dante De Silva, uh, worder. Well, my my <laughs> my Slack ID says Lexicon American. Wow, that is multi-layered. Yes. And fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. That's so good. That's very, very good. That's extremely good. Um, in terms of, you know, other other nerdy stuff that happened this week, um, I'm, I wasn't sure if you were around for this, but there is a... Um, Nintendo came out with a new sort of peripheral, a new manner of gaming called the Labo. Nintendo Labo. I was around for this. I had not fled the earthly realm. <laughs> I was within the Twitter sphere as it was abuzz with activity and discussion. Nintendo Labo. Cardboard, right? Yes, cardboard. <laughs> Innovations from the most unlikely of places. Cardboard. Um, so the idea is that you can use your Switch and Joy-Con in a manner of combinations. There are different um, sort of sheets of cardboard um, with different arrangements, and you can sort of build these things. Then when you insert your Switch and Joy-Con, um, you can do things like build a robot or a Build a piano. And the piano technology, of course, as a musician, is the thing that I got super stoked about for some reason. That's the thing that got me the most. As a gamer, I was most fascinated with the fishing rod. <gasps> because fishing in games is a vital component for fun. And I'm really excited to be able to build my own fishing rod, customize it how I see fit. I can't wait for the next Zelda installment to feature Labo compatibility. Wow, that's fantastic. I don't know. It's odd. But then again, I wouldn't expect anything less from Nintendo. Right. It is definitely uh, from leftmost field, of the <laughs> fields possible. Um, I am, uh, I'm going to, you know, unmoor myself from more conservative diction. I'm extraordinarily uh, for this idea. I think it is brilliant. I think it is genius. I think it's incisive. It's sharp. It's clever. Words. It's scary in Words. a number of ways. And most importantly, it's fun. And I feel like in this gaming climate, many developers and even to an extent gamers mm -hmm. have forgotten what fun is right? and what it can be. Yeah. I love the idea of the simplicity of just throwing some cardboard on some electronics. And you know, it's like uh, Calvin and Hobbes? Yeah. The transmogrifier, totally. the time machine, the duplicator, all just a cardboard box. Yep. So... Let's your imagination run wild. Let's you participate and actually work with this arcane box you usually don't get to interact directly with. 
And, you know, it's just a good way to, like, have fun with kids and, like, build stuff. And I don't yeah. know. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I definitely see the 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 idea of like, you know, if I were a parent or or even, you know, I have a nephew who's 8 now. Like I I love the idea of, you know, being able to build these things with them and seeing them go and sort of, you know, get get their minds kind of thinking. Yeah. And if they way. break cardboard, what's the problem? It's cardboard. It's cardboard. They can like spill drinks on it. They can <laughs> get crayons or whatever kids are using these days, QR codes or what have you. <laughs> And slap those on there and, you know, customize how they see fit. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and that's the other cool thing. One, it's recyclable. And two, you can sort of customize it and, and decorate it. And that's its own fun activity in and of itself. So I'm, I'm actually super excited for it. I did see someone mention on Twitter, and I think this would be brilliant, whoever ends up doing this. Um, any, like, like if Amazon or insert pizza company here... Oh. Makes it so that their boxes That's are good. somehow labo compatible. That is fresh. That would be that would be super dope. See, now what I'm thinking, I'm also excited for is the world because once they start making um, games with the intent of integrating with cardboard and these devices, cardboard modding opens up a whole ah. new realm of possibilities for our good friend Lewis. Mm. You know, he oh, always that's works right. with his alternate controllers. He'll be able to do a whole wealth of activities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have um, we have an awesome guy that works with us. His name is Lewis. Um, and of course, his his um, the the name of his channel like completely escapes me. A Torkin me. Yoshi, I believe it is. That is the best thing I've ever heard. Um, and and he his sort of claim to fame is is completing games and playing games using alternate control methods. Yes. So for instance, beating games using bananas hooked up to wires or a boxing glove or bongos a number of he actually speaking of has used a fishing reel before bass pro fishing like simulator thing wow see that's fantastic we, we should get him on the show so he can talk about that a little bit but that that would be fantastic but yeah but even you know folks that are kind of in that realm of of tinkering i you know possibilities are endless yeah it's like almost like there's a laboratory a lab o if you will Wow. My mind, my mind is blown. My mind is so blown. Um, cool. So all of these topics and more you can totally chat with us about. Once again, the number is down below. Feel free to join our Discord so that you can chat with us now and even continue the conversation after the show. Um, if you are currently in the Discord, um, as, I, as I pretend that I can see you, um, feel free to join the want to talk to us join channel um, and our screener Joe will scoop you up into his loving arms um, figure out what it is that you want to talk about so that then we can talk to you um, are what do you think are you ready for a caller I well no but you know, <laughs> we'll we'll just have to roll with it whoever is you know it's one of those great mysteries who's ready for a caller I mean I'm I'm not but but we might as well do it. So we have um, we have a couple of callers in on our phone lines. I'm super, super stoked about that. Um, we're going to go ahead and start taking a caller. This is Jason, um, who was expecting someone else sitting in my seat. And apologies for not being Randy Pitchford. Oh, no. Um, uh, the, I, and also apologies for not having a, a really cool shirt. I was going to say. That did not come in in time. I feel bad. Um, so we're going to take a call from Jason. Uh, just wanted to say hi. 
Hello, we Hello. have. Am I on? Oh yes, you are, Jason. Are Hello, you are on with Alisa and Dante. How are you? Hello. Not bad. You know, your conversation about cardboard yes. reminded me of this. I think everybody's done this. When you're a kid and you got nothing to do, I think everybody does this. They try making up their own like board game with like oh. a pair of dice stolen from Monopoly or Parcheesi. Yeah, you know what I mean? absolutely. Although I will say, uh, when I was a I, uh, kid, when we didn't have much, we didn't even have cardboard at times, my father would literally toss my brother and I a shovel, and we would go <laughs> dig out in the backyard to have fun. But Seriously? Yes. But making board games, yes. Yeah, yeah, making board games. Actually, that would be kind of cool if there was something, you know, because I'm sure what the, what the Labo's coming out with isn't going to be the only thing that comes out with. Like, if you, if there's a way that you can, you know, sort of, you know, make your own kind of hybrid board game, switch game thing, I think that would actually be a really cool idea, Jason. Well done. Well, I, I just, when I was a kid, my fa- we actually made a board game, and we made it, like, we laminated and everything. Ooh. Nice. You fancy. And, uh, it's, um, what we called it, it was actually based on Duke Nukem, a little <sighs> cringily enough. And it was called uh, Duke Nukem Piso Mojado, and it was about Duke Nukem and Blackface shooting up Mr. Jigaboo's chicken hut. And, oh, I believe we've lost Jason. That's a shame. I think we've lost Jason. What a shame. You know, just as sometimes we have these, these technical difficulties. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that, that just occur sometimes. Technology these days, so this unreliable. Technology is weird. But I you know. know what? Cardboard. Cardboard Set to is fix reliable. all of that. I'm yes. also excited. I uh, saw that cardboard is now being integrated into amiibos really and as much as isn't there a cardboard there's a cereal yes oh yes that's right i still have not gotten the cereal nor have i but there is a cereal that i think has a code that acts the the box itself can act as an amiibo um which which is great i'm trying to keep like a low carb low sugar situation but if it's going to enable progress for my game, then I think I, I think it's worth it. That's the problem: is maintaining <laughs> low carb sugar but high amiibo. <laughs> you got to get those macronutrients <laughs> amiibos. Got to get those in there. Um, yes. So awesome. Um, I I'm trying to think. Um, we we do have another caller. Um, this particular caller, I feel it's. <sighs> It's almost like I can feel their presence. I sense. It's almost like I can feel their presence. They are they are very close by. It's it's almost as if if I could wave to them. They would they would wave back. Um, Something like very, that. Very very eerily close. This caller is to us, um, and, and we're just gonna go ahead and and have a chat with them. Um, Eerily close or eer- eer- eerily close. close. Heartwarmingly close and eerily close. This caller is to us. We are. Uh, we should be on the phone with Kitru. Hello, Kitru. Are you yes, here? Yes, you are. Hello. Yes, I am. Greetings. Uh, you guys getting me? Yeah, yeah. We we're we're getting you. It says here on this note that you are calling from Nerdvana. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just a little bit. What? Uh, huh. The this, call is this, coming this, from inside the Nerdvana. I, I can't get the name up. The calling is. He keeps talking about cats and whatnot. I keep talking oh, to your cats. Oh, there's okay. So, so there's someone near you that keeps talking about about cats, about cats of a holographic oh, nature. Oh no. Yeah, I, I don't know. He just kind of sat down here with me. 
Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I do nice believe. Guy. He's kind of cool, but you know. Huh. That, How many holographic <laughs> cats would you say they're talking about? Uh, about 20, actually. That is a lot. <laughs> Are you sure they're not uh, uh, real? Uh, well, I mean, Sam Winkler says they're not real, so... <laughs> that know, makes me sad. You can see my opinions on Sam Winkler Oh, in the awesome extended lore piece in which uh, there is the username Winkletoes940 on the free soulless forums. What? Yes, okay. that was a fun little you know call out to my boy. Sam Winkler. <laughs> so Winkle toes. Winkle toes. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure how to take that. That's 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 a nice little sort yeah. of uh, um uh, uh would we say a battleborn kind of little lore lore nugget, little a tasty nugget. Wink and a nod. I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> so a, an Easter egg. Yes. Um. The important thing to do with holographic cats is to make sure that anyone who owns them is stroking them in the correct direction. Oh, yes. You don't want to go across the ground. No, that is wrong. That is very wrong. Anyone who does that is a madman. And so you're saying Cleese is a madman then? Cleese is the kind of guy who would prefer oatmeal raisin cookies. (gasps) I said it. I'm sorry. Wow. Had to be said. I, I think this may go down in history as like the shadiest episode of At Night Live. <laughs> I've got strong opinions, you know, and I'm not a, afraid to voice my mind. So, Kitru, you are well, literally you here. Fear, so you got to make it for it somehow. Oh, I'm sorry. What was what was that? I think I heard some some fire coming through here. You, 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 you got no hair left. You, you cut it all off. Uh, wow. It was holding me back. I needed to be able to expand my mind, my consciousness. I now astral project freely through the realm of lore. So for those new to the show, Dante... I I think that you saw my hair last time and you just, you know, couldn't compete with my my long, luxurious locks. Wow. So so, so to be brief, for those new to the show, um, because this is not a visual medium, uh, for those of you that are listening to us after the fact in podcast form... um, it should be known that Dante De Silva um, once, and no longer, uh, once had a, a glorious, um, w- would you call it a mohawk? Oh, no, I think that he's actually speaking before that. The mohawk was also a recent development. Before that, I had a mane that extended to the small of my back. Wow! Yes. Which you then turned into a mohawk, which I appreciated personally. Mm-hmm. But now you, 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 you are uh, relatively close-shaven all over. Listen, my, my coiffure is a lone wolf. Can't be tied down to any one style. I got to make sure I give my due diligence and uh, give my propers to every style so everyone can appreciate. Mohawk was for you. Oh. The main was for Kitchru. Ah. Some people, they want to see the scalp action. Okay. And I got the sweet battle scar that I got to show off. I don't know if you can see it. It's on, mm. yeah, I don't know. It's on oh, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there it is. Not a visual medium. But yes. Okay, so Kitchru. Yeah. Um, we, 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 we have a preference as to, as to how we, how we prefer the one, the only Dante's hair. Wait, say again? You have, you have a preference for Dante's hair. Well, I'm just saying that, you know, when I saw him first, he had, you know, the, the long shaggy hair and everything, and he's shaggy. completely different the second time I saw him. It well, was shaggy. Well... <laughs> Se- I will seasons say... Seasons change. Yes. Se- oh, there's a, a song in there somewhere. Seasons change. People change. Feelings change. 
Yes. Yeah. Well, it was, it was just a, a big surprise to me. So, well, I, though I do also laugh that when you first saw me, you, you didn't believe I was Kichiro. Yeah. Well, I like to keep you guessing as much as you keep me guessing. You know, we'll surprise one another. Uh, yeah. So, would you know the actual question I had for you, though? Yes. Oh. Yes. Yes. Um. Is Is there anything else while we have you, while you have us captive? Um, is, is there anything that you wanted to know uh, uh, from, from so either I, me or Don? I, I wanted to continue an email exchange that Dante and I had in oh a my. public forum about the proper spelling of the word Harisbara. Perfect. I came prepared for this. Wow. Okay. okay. So, so could, could, could you preface this, uh, Dante, for, for the folks that might not be familiar? Certainly. Uh, there are a number of variant spellings uh, in the title Battleborn of an in-lore creature called a Harrisborough, which is kind of, uh, you know, uh, a parallel to a rabbit. A wombat rabbit. Yes. Well, I don't know about wombat rabbit, but certainly <laughs> rabbits in there. Um, it's a rabbit like. That's how Varnell described it. Yes, Varnell describes things in a number of ways, bless his heart. Damn, I just <laughs> No, I, I love Varnell. Um, Varnell is, you know, one of the best people I know. Um, but as for the spelling of Harrisborough, uh, there's... Sometimes they use, you know, two R's. Uh, sometimes it's one R. There's a whole bunch of things. If you want to know the correct way to spell Harrisborough, you can see Beatrix's lore, in oh. which she describes the proper uh, Latinate binomial, Harrisborough, Harrisborough, the common Harrisborough. <laughs> and again, um, in some of the dark space lore, I believe the word Harrisborough is used, but I have consistently maintained H-A-R-R-E-S-B-U-R-R-A, Harrisborough. Okay. <laughs> if we, if, if we had prepared this ahead of time, I would have had Evan just like actually just like type it and just display it on the screen, but yeah. I, I think it was clear enough. Well, so the, the, the genesis of this was, was me bringing it up to him and Dante didn't realize at a time, uh, Ambra spells it H A R E B H A R E S B U R R A. Well, uh, Ambra's from I a different believe, time. Um, she speaks, you know, a kind yeah, of archaic was, spelling here. <laughs> that was the explanation I gave you. Um, <laughs> and, because it, it turned into, but so I could have, and then uh, the weird one is like Whiskey Foxtrot says it H A R R E S B U R A. Okay, so Whiskey Foxtrot's and, version is kind of like you know how there's different distinctions between fruits and vegetables in culinary contexts as well as uh, actual like horticultural. <laughs> Harrisburg in cooking is spelled differently. Okay, what, really? So, well, and then that, that brings the question of is Harrisburg yogurt yogurt flavored as a Harrisburg a yogurt from a Harrisburg or you know what? Uh, that is a this great is so question, deep. and I appreciate you asking. But some some questions were just not meant to be trod by man. <laughs> you don't That's want to know good. the answer. Well, so it's just my, like ultimate well, just well, lore mic drop. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. What's the last one? What about my RDC troopers? Uh, what about RDC troopers? Uh, the one right in front of me. About, oh, oh, if they're meant to be trod by them. Uh, no, not them either. They're a precious, precious resource oh. that need to be maintained. That's, that's so sad. It's okay. For, for, for yeah. those, once again, so. in, in podcast land, um, there, there is literally someone in full head-to-toe Oscar Mike cosplay just chilling behind us in the coffee shop. Um, and, and, and they are fantastic. 
um, it's 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 an incentive for you to catch the stream when it's live and or in VOD, um, especially because at some point I may or may not ask this Oscar Mike to perform a brief tea ceremony in the middle of the coffee shop to see if the camera captures it. Um, which which ceremony which, is whiskey foxtrot. Oscar Mike has learned the tea ceremony. I'm fairly sh- certain. Yeah, he's, I can absorb. I, I, I think Oscar Mike would be, would be would probably be more willing to do the uh, guitar solo. Oh yeah, uh, that'll work. Guitar. That'll work. Yeah. The amp damage. Would you, would you like Oscar Mike to do an air guitar? I would love. I, I would love Oscar that Mike to happen. To do that. I would love that to happen. In the meantime, Kitru, is there is there anything else uh, that you wanted to chat about? Oh, there. There is always more for me to talk <laughs> about, especially with the lore person there. Oh boy. Oh um, my. I know this is one. This is one that I've talked to Dante about that I never actually got. Uh, Oof, that, that I, I have a feeling for. what's coming up, and uh, are, are you okay? I've got a prepared response here. <laughs> okay. Ready when you um, are. So the so the uh, the question is specifically referring to the naming of the astrological bodies in the Akaban system, specifically as it refers to Akaban and Aplia. Yes. Because in the context of the game, Akaban is used, is used simultaneously referred to the planet as well as the uh, as a star. And it's aptly is, is refers to both the, a moon orbiting the planet uh, the planet Akaman as well as a uh, a planet Akaman uh, orbiting the star Akaman. Yo, this know, is deep. Yeah, I know which way the wind <laughs> is blowing here. And let me go ahead and uh, cut this short because I know where this question goes, and I'll give you a, an incisive, quick, decisive answer. Um, and this is non uh, this, this isn't represented anywhere in the game, but. There's actually a point at which the timelines diverged in Battleborn where there is uh, a moon and there's a planet. Just, you know, one of those crazy quirks. Just, you know, different universes. The, 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 the timeline hemorrhage? Yes, the timeline hemorrhage. That's what we'll call it. Uh, but of course, you know, this that, is... That, keep it under your hat. This is the top secret nugs of lore. You know you're live on air, right, Dante? This isn't going to be top secret for long. Oh, no. All my nugs. Uh. <laughs> That's a clip. <laughs> uh, yes, but, uh, yeah, to further answer your question, I don't know. It's, uh, it's crazy sometimes. It's difficult to keep records. You know, the codex got destroyed and then shoddily remade and... I was I, I was gonna say like so one one of the things that I did sort of want to you know kind of briefly sort of chat about is is you know kind of and, and of course we could do this you know after after Kidru's call but you know just how difficult it is to keep track and just like what that process is like to sort of keep the lore of the universe all nice and tidy. And sometimes it's not quite so tidy yeah, as tidy evidenced enough. by <laughs> tidy yeah. enough um, as as evidenced by your call, Kidru. Um, you know, sometimes I wonder if things aren't just like, you know, favorite with a U, not with a U. Uh, so, okay. So ideally, uh, style consistency is maintained across all lore as well as of course, internal narrative consistency. Mm. Um, that's actually, you know, a good segue as to how I got the, uh, the position, Ah. so to speak, um, before it was released, uh, I was in QA checking on all of the lore pages, and I noticed a number of inconsistencies in the timeline. And this is for Battleborn. For Battleborn, yes. Yeah. And so I went through 
every single one of the lore pages. I found these inconsistencies, a few misspellings, some grammatical errors, some typographical errors. Wow. And started compiling them all into just one big master list of issues with each and every single character. And I was told to uh, submit it, you know, with the tag for the writing team to take a look at it. Mm -hmm. And uh, at that time, uh, anything tagged with writing was immediately automatically assigned to Varnell. Ah. So I submitted this master list uh, that was composed of like 13 uh, different bugs with a bunch of, with like between five and 10 different uh, issues each. Wow. Varnell came down an hour later into the QA room, so from his lofty citadel mm. on the floor above. His ivory tower. Yes. And uh, he stormed in, you know, not really stormed, but, you know, stormed in. <laughs> and he said, uh, who's Dante Silva? Who's this guy? <laughs> I had, he said, I had three bugs in my queue uh, an hour ago. Now I have 70. Oh, my gosh, Dante. And so he came in, and we ended up uh, having, like, a two-hour discussion about our thoughts on the lore and how best to, uh, you know, make sure it's consistent and clear. And uh, that was how, you know, I really met and got to know Varnell. And, you know, the rest, as I say, is history. That's fantastic. Cool. So there you go, Kid True. That's how, that's how the magic happened. <laughs> which, oh, which... Look, I, I know. Uh, last year when I was interviewing, they were awestruck that I found errors that Dante missed because Dante was, in their own words, the guy that missed anything. Oh. Uh, Unfortunately, unfortunately for, for, for me and a lot of people, Dante is, and, 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 and I didn't think this initially when I met him, but I, but I figured out that Dante human. Is, is actually human, which is weird because I totally thought... It's my greatest failing, I know. What class do you play in D&D? You, you play Rogue. Rogue. But, but, but what's your race in D&D, uh, usually? Usually a Wood Elf. See, you are not a Wood Elf. <laughs> you're, you're a human. Disappointing, um, I know. Which is quite disappointing. But there you go. <laughs> well, there you I go. Mean, wood, elves are, wood Elves are only better than humans if you, if you believe that, you know, that, um, if you believe the book, the book of Elves from 2nd Edition. Oh my goodness. This is why the show is called At Nerd Von Alive, folks. So here's what we're going to do, Kitru. Thank you so much for calling in. We're going to see you chilling there yeah. in the back. Um, but before we let you go, um, I, I will say that I would love nothing more than to see that Oscar Mike um, give give us a nice fine tea ceremony. But thank you for calling in, Kitru. And literally, thank you for thank you for being here. Let's give a nice little wave. Thank you so much, Kitru, and 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 I'm sure at some point we are we are going to see that Oscar might give us a give us a loving guitar solo there in the back, which will be a treat for those folks that are that are more of, of the visual learner variety. Um, so thank you so much, Kitru, for for calling in, um, and and for and for literally um, hanging out with us in yeah. in in person downstairs. Um, so that was super fun. Yes, I always love a good deep dive. <laughs> deep dive. Into the lore. <coughs> Deep dive. Um, so what what we are, um, you know, kind of the things that sort of came up throughout that call is just sort of like how difficult it is to keep that straight. Because, I mean, you know, games like, you know, Battleborn, just major, one, major games um, that take years to do. But also Battleborn just has just a, such a deep deep story yes uh there is a, a wide uh library of lore to get through um as for how to maintain it lots and lots of sticky notes <laughs> um 
an Excel document uh, that was basically the timeline uh, that was constantly being updated, um, a comprehensive glossary of terms mm. and, you know, kind of showing each character's uh, relationships with one another. Just whole, whole lot of ancillary documents um, to try and keep everything fresh. And that's really one of the most important things uh, is you have to be like a, a living library. It's a use it or lose it kind of thing. Um, because once, once you are reading this stuff and pouring through it day in, day out, hours and hours and hours at a time, it kind of, you know, becomes second nature. And those things that, you know, would become, that would be, you know, deep dives become just kind of background information that you mm. can automatically pick up, you know, hey, that's not consistent or hey, that's not fitting mm. in the timeline. Yeah. So there's sort of a lot of sort of kind of like mental muscle memory exactly. involved. Um, um, cool. Um, how, how did, um, you know, you are a wordsmith, as, as is going to be quite apparent uh, for folks that are both watching and listening. Um, how were, were you always interested in sort of this kind of writing narrative wordsmithery? Um, so, okay. <laughs> when I was a child, uh, the very first job that I wanted, real grown-up job, was to be a pizza delivery boy. Yeah! Because I thought they'd get free pizza. <laughs> Uh, I learned that wasn't the case, and then I was, you know, hypothetically future jobless for a long time, until I learned about the job concept artist, and I thought, this is a person who gets paid to just draw cool things for video games. There's people that get paid to make video games. That's amazing. And it turns out I'm not good at art. So then mm. I got into writing, and I loved it. I love writing. I love the idea of inhabiting this world that you can create, uh, the the generative act of, you know, creative creation, I guess. I don't know. That's the, the least, <laughs> that's the least, creative creation. Like, that's the least uh, creative way to say it. But the idea that you can make something real, you know, just as easily as putting pen to paper, and then you can inhabit that space and you can maintain it and you can curate it and you can grow it is incredible to me. Um, and the detail oriented uh, aspect of that. My focus is actually, outside of work, is poetry. Ah. So in poetry, you know, every single space, every line, every comma, every indentation, capitalization, the cadence and meter and, you know, all of that stuff uh, is, has to be managed extraordinarily precisely. And so I'm very detail-oriented when it comes to writing. Huh. And that uh, is what kind of lent itself to my carving out this space. Nice. Now, I uh, to 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 potentially put you on the spot. Go for it. Is there a place where people can see your poetry? So, there was for a time, but I have since uh, removed it because it turns out that hosting it in that way uh, precludes me from publishing it uh, externally. Ah. So I am currently working on uh, a collection that I'll be shipping around. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Definitely, definitely let us know when that happens. I would, what, it, oh, although, oh, no, yes. it just occurs to me. <gasps> there are, in fact, two poems that you can see. Ooh. Both of which are in Beatrix's uh, lore in the battle plans. Really? They are written from the perspective of Beatrix. One is a limerick, and <laughs> the other one is a slightly more somber... Um, a somber poem that she wrote, uh, kind of, what's the term I'm looking for here? Bemoaning mm. the fact that she's just been made immortal against her will. 
Wow. And and you wrote those poems? Yes, I wrote both of those uh, from the perspective of Beatrix, who was considering briefly changing focus from science to fine arts. Don't we all at one point? Yes. <laughs> Don't we all at one point? So here's... Here's um, kind of an interesting, and, and of course, I don't want you to pick, mm-hmm. you know, like, like choose between your babies or anything. Um, but is there any particular part of the Battleborn lore, anything that you might have constructed that you are maybe the most proud of? The most proud of? Uh, probably, well, either Beatrix, uh, because I got to write pretty much all of her lore pages. Oh, cool. Um, so I, I love doing that. I love uh, the professor who is a kind of decorporated Harrisburg brain that's integrated into her weapon. Mm. So Harrisburg, which we now know yes. the proper spelling of. Thank so you. So she had like a pet rabbit uh, <laughs> that they were going to experiment on and ultimately decided to make it their office mascot. And <laughs> these Harrisburgs have an average longevity of like two weeks or something like that. And so to keep it alive, she excised its brain and popped it into her weapon. So either that or uh, Alani's home planet, Akopos, which was the first creative contribution it got to make to a video game. Uh, They needed to construct a planet for her, for her background stuff, and I was given the opportunity. And so Akopos is just, you know, Alani's home planet. It's got some background stuff, and they got uh, thrown in there. That's awesome. That's really, really cool. Um, Let me see. Just just to briefly... Just to briefly check it out. Okay, um, we, we have some people that might be kind of waiting uh, in the wings, but until then, um, you know, just, you know, this is a Colin show, but hey, we can chat. Yeah. Uh, so, so while Joe works his magic over in the screening room, which I, which, which I picture is much like the red room of Twin Peaks, that it has like a zigzag floor and, and, and red curtains. Ooh. That's 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 how I picture the screening room. Um, when 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 while stuff is happening in there, um, is is there anything? Because this show is at Nerdvana Live. Is there anything that um, that that you are currently nerding out on, whether that's books or games or music or anything? I'm sh- okay. So there's a bit of everything, you know, yeah. as there always is. Uh, music. Uh, I have been working on a number of playlists for my D&D campaign. Wow. Uh, because I like to immerse my players. So I've been listening to a lot of, you know, ancient Nordic chants, um, <laughs> some like Egyptian stuff. It's just some light Gregorian plain chant, stuff like mm. that. So that's like in the world of D&D. Uh, it's got a beat and you can dance to it. Yeah, ex- exactly. <laughs> well, more importantly, you can swing a sword to it, to it or like, row a boat to it um but i have also recently finally finally forged my way past the first in of the witcher 3 i've Ah. i've tried on two separate occasions to play this game because i keep hearing that it's basically the second coming of jesus (laughs) in game form in game form yes and the first two times i got to an inn on the main quest like 30 minutes into the game and i just was not hooked i stopped And so finally, I forged ahead, and it turns out it's a pretty great game with some great writing mm-hmm. uh, and lots of great writing. Everywhere you go, it's probably the best writing in an open world game that I've ever seen. Now, let me ask you this. Now that you have been so, so sort of deep into writing and you've had the experience of having 
things that you've written end up in games. And then also the experience as a QA person of like finding sort of mistakes and inconsistencies. Has that changed the way that you play games? Has it like maybe ruined games? For Certainly you, not. I, I've always been um, kind of you know with a very very close lens, uh, someone who examines these media, uh, much like Kitru. Hmm. Um, so there there are there's a a sect of us that <laughs> will dissect all of this uh, writing. And so it hasn't really changed, except that I can appreciate when it's done well that mm. much more. Previously, I was just, you know, critical when it wasn't done well. Now when I see it is done well, I know all the work that went into it and, you know, countless, countless hours, large teams all, you know, pooling together, trying to sift through and straighten out the weft and tug and weave of all these disparate lines. So it's pretty impressive when it's done well. I could just hear you talk forever because you do <laughs> things with words that are cool. Well, thank you. Which is good because, you know, that's the gig you have. So it's good to be good at the gig you have. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so getting into The Witcher. Yes. And into playlists for yeah. D&D, which I personally can appreciate uh, because last week I was playing Ticket to Ride. Um, and and we, we have these monthly board game nights at the office. And, and, and this is actually my first one that I've been to. And I played Ticket to Ride. Um, and um, we played in this room in the office called The Keep. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Which is a fantastic room. It's beautiful. It has this wonderful um, sort of tabletop gaming table. Um, and, and, it's, and it's where all of our board games live. Um, but while we were playing, even though you know we were playing with like you know four other people, it was kind of eerily quiet. Um, the doors are really heavy, so you don't really. You know, we had somebody playing a, a game outside, um, and we didn't even hear them. Um, so it was just eerily quiet in there. And I was like, okay, you know what? Screw this. So on YouTube, I just pulled up like ten hours of train station noise. Yes. And then I that's just great. put that in the background of our ticket to ride game, I love it. and I was like. This is way better. Oftentimes, I'll pull up Fireplace for Your Home. Um, and <laughs> when, I, when my players are in a tavern, I like to have that and like some light conversation going in the background so that they really feel like they're there. But speaking of eerie, I imagine Ticket to Ride under the watchful gaze of that Ghostbusters portrait yeah. is pretty creepy. We do have a... a Prob like probably screen accurate sized uh, painting of Vigo the Carpathian uh, watching over us as we as we play. That is a Ghostbusters two reference. Um, watching over us, and it is it is quite creepy, um, and and quite inspirational. It's like it's like you don't want to lose under his watchful eye. Let me let me flip the script here. Let me go a little off here. Uh oh. What about you? Same question. What are you nerding out about? What am I nerding out about? Oh my gosh. Okay. So, um, what, what is interesting is, is that I am in a relationship in which um, I, I, I share a lot of the same interests uh, with my partner. And, and one of those interests has become Stardew Valley. Oh no. Uh, on the Switch, which, by the way... If, if, if people have been sort of sleeping on the Switch or kind of waiting on things, um, I think it's one of the most sort of perfect kind of console things ever, um, especially with all of these games that have been out on previous consoles or on PC making their way to Switch. It's so nice to have that portability 
uh, on you. The idea that you could play it on a big screen or, hey, you know what, I'm going to bed, but I still want to get another round and you could just pop your Joy-Con in, take it out of the dock and just take it to bed with you. And, and Stardew Valley is one of those games that's just kind of perfect for that. Um, so I've been, I've been playing Stardew Valley since I got it for my birthday a few weeks ago. I feel like Stardew Valley in portable form is like dangerous. It really is. So I've been sucking in so much time into Stardew Valley. But then um, my partner has been sucking a lot of time into Stardew Valley and, and he is, he's, he's an engineer you know, in, in a sort of you know, sound reinforcement sense but he's definitely an engineer in, in, in every sort of mental sense of the word. So I sort of log in, you know, I sort of walk into the room and and I look at the screen, and I see this elaborate farm structure. He has solved Stardew Valley. Basically. So he's created this elaborate farm system with all of these amazing sprinklers. And then I'm here, you know, with a flimsy watering can in my game. <laughs> um, and I'm going, how? And he has hundreds of thousands of dollars. Um, and I have, like, a couple hundo. And I'm just like, how? How did you do this? And sure. then, of course, now I'm inspired to restart my game so that I can do things right, because apparently I was doing it wrong, taking it, so it's almost like a vicious cycle. See, the thing is, don't you think that something is lost amidst all that, that mechanization? You loved every single one of those plants and every single one of those couple hundo dollars. <laughs> they were hard fought hundos. Right? They were hard fought hundos. Um, but yeah, but still, at the same time, I would like to kind of advance and get a bigger backpack a lot earlier in the process much like life <laughs> much like life um so so it sort of becomes this thing where like we kind of feed on each other we're like i'll see he's playing a game a certain way which will inspire me to restart it again um stardew valley is kind of that that kind of jam that kind of vibe um i i'm i'm, I'm also kind of um not an unconventional nerd but like but like another thing that i tend to nerd out on is like Things like makeup and okay. You know, so what's going on products. in the makeup world? Is there is there a Nintendo Labo equivalent? <laughs> Has someone decided that. to make makeup out of like ash paste, bringing back charcoal? <laughs> well, I mean, actually, charcoal is making a huge comeback in terms of facial Nailed masks. Nailed it. Um, it's, it's really good for the pores. Okay, it's really good for. I the was going to say your pores look great. Thank you. I'm a guy that pays attention to pores, and yours are a treat. Duh. That would be great. Thank you. Do you use charcoal? Is that your secret? Or Maybe. are you just that good without charcoal? Well, I don't know. Tech person, you tell me. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to put that man on the spot right now. Um, but yeah. Um, you know, I don't know. Things, things, things like, you know, I've, I've gotten into sheet masks now. And this is, it's, it's silly and ridiculous. But, um, you know, I have this. I have this management system. Nordic chance. Nordic chance and sheet Silly masks. and ridiculous is not on the table Come, here. Okay, cool. Um, gotten into sheet masks. All that's, right. That's like a thing now. No doubt, no doubt. Um, I've, I've embraced the idea that I cannot have um, too many kinds of nude or red lipstick. Yeah. Who, I mean, who can, right? Who can? I'm actually wearing a few layers right now. It looks smashing. Yes. I'm going for the natural look. It looks absolutely smashing. Um, so... Ooh, okay. Good to know. 
Okay. All right. So good to know. All right. We 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 um. This is this is this is me doing that thing dun, in my dun, ears. Dun, dun, dun. Just 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 getting word. Um, that that there may be some technical difficulties on the calling end, so 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 we're gonna do that thing where we stretch things out. We're gonna pad. Um, I'm I'm also gonna take an opportunity to look backwards and check on uh check check on our friends downstairs. They seem to be deep in uffish thought, mm. as one might say, or yeah. might not. You know, whatever floats your boat. I also feel kind of bad that this person is 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 currently on the first floor of a coffee shop with multiple people in it. That has um, uh, head-to-toe Oscar Mike cosplay from Battleborn. Um, just, I mean, I wish I had that kind of... Confidence? Your confidence and wherewithal to just be like, yeah, I'm just going to, you know, sip on my latte. Yeah, you know what's great cosplay. about wearing full Oscar Mike cosplay? Mm. No one can see your pores. Bringing <laughs> it back around. Oh, that's good. Um, I, I, hope, I hope they're not too toasty. In that in that cosplay, but but they're having, I don't know. Seems like they're having a good time down there, so that's pretty good. Um, so so in terms of okay, so you talk about making playlists, yes, for your Dungeons and Dragons constantly, folks. I have playlist for combat, playlist for extra dramatic combat. Oh, <laughs> playlist for forest environments, desert environments, seriously, temples, desert temples, forest temples. Playlists for taverns of a variety of sorts. I've got, uh, you know, all sorts of playlists for just, like, general travel. I, I go way too far with the playlists. I probably spend more time managing and swapping between playlists in an average <laughs> D&D session than I do rolling dice. Wow. And what, 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 kind of, um, what kind of DM would you say you are? Are, are, are you kind... Oh. Are you are you um, not so kind to your players? I am um, an absentee DM. Uh, I improvise heavily in whatever serves the story best. Sometimes that's kindness. You know, you want to lift the spirits. Sometimes it's important that they understand that it's a harsh and cruel world that they live in, and you know, you <laughs> dash them low. You got to keep them grounded. You can't let them get you know too uh, too feisty on you. They have to believe that the threat of death is real. Much like life. Ah, huh. much like life. Yes. Mm-hmm. These are, these are the, the wisdom nugs coming at you now. <laughs> Dante's wisdom nugs. As, at, at some point, we're going to be a recurring guest, and we're just going to have a graphic. It's like a, yeah. the more you know graphic, there's just Dante's Ding. wisdom nugs. Beautiful. Ah, that'll be super great. Um, so, you play D&D. Yes. Um... You are you you are getting into The Witcher Three. I am getting into The Witcher Three. Although I will say this, I have one mild critique. <gasps> um, I apparently suck, and I'll end that sentence there, and I'll make a new sentence. Okay, I suck. S- period. Yeah, I especially suck at identifying threats. Ah. I will be in an area that I think is safe with something you know that meets my level. I'm level five. They're level five. It's a good time. And then after I defeat them in a hard won battle, I move 30 feet in the precisely wrong direction and I'll encounter like some level 50 God being and it will destroy me in ways that I was not aware a man could be wrecked. <laughs> wrecked, uh, the spelling in this case, uh, W-R-E-C-K-T. Yes. Wrecked. Yes, absolutely. Or, or just simply R-E-K-T. Well, sure. Wrecked. Either way, Ultimately. it's not a good time. And this is not an uncommon occurrence. Frequently, I find myself saving just so I don't die. There, there used to be a um, there. There used to be a minute um, 
when I was playing uh, Neverwinter Nights. Um, this is back in the day. Um, and uh, uh, there was a moment when I was playing Neverwinter Nights um, where, and, and this is, I think, probably one of, like, you know, my first sort of, like, proper kind of PC RPG games. This is like the right, precursor right. to the like, hey, if you like this, you should check out this little thing called World of Warcraft. <laughs> Missed. <laughs> so this is this is, you know, the sort of precursor to my like super capital G gamerhood. So I'm playing Neverwinter Nights and and I totally remember there being periods of time when I would enter a dungeon and then I would save like maybe every 3 to 5 steps. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, that walk a little bit, save. Walk a little bit, save. So I'm ashamed to admit it, but I never owned a Game Boy Advance. Neither did I. I'm further ashamed to admit that what I did own was a Game Boy Advance emulator. Things, things happen, and people make choices. But without it, I might never have survived any of the games that I played. I pressed Shift-F1 to <laughs> file save so many times, state save, mm. because... I was terrified of taking any misstep. One misstep, and there's no recovery for me. I'm not a guy who handles failure well, let me tell you. Mm. And I fail early and often. That's fine, because um, here's here's also, I'm going to go ahead and be completely transparent here, because um, I know that there are some folks that are potentially like, waiting to be screened and, and waiting to call in. We see you. I acknowledge you. I love you. And I appreciate you. And I respect you. Um, but um, our screener, Joe, is running into some technical issues. So he may be a little delayed in getting to you while he finds a nice, stable source of connection. Um, but in the meantime, what I think I'll do, actually, um, is I'm going to go ahead and call an audible. We usually don't do this on... We usually, You know what? We're doing it live. Um, we usually don't do this in at Nerdvana Live, um, but uh, what I am going to do is for especially those people that are currently in Discord um, that are waiting to chat, if you just want to type your question in, <laughs> um, I, I know it's not the same as, as having a kind of genuine conversation with us, uh, but at the very least, if you do uh, have a question that you would like to hear answered, we would, we would like to get to that. So if you want to just go ahead and in the general discussion channel, just go ahead and just type your question in. Just anything go ahead and at type all. it in. Anything at all. We are um, sages of the multiverse. And sometimes there are things that we don't know and can't necessarily talk about. But so we there's will also lie. that too. <laughs> we will lie about those things for you. And but yes, tell you please, please feel free and, 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 and we will give you, you know, we, we will give you a proper shout out. Um, Macross asks, uh, do you guys like RuneScape? I like what RuneScape represents. I never experienced it myself, but I have seen its rippling effects across the gamosphere, and it is it is impressive. It is an immense draw, and I love it. Cool. I I have not experienced it myself, um, but um, but but I, but again, I am hearing things, and and sometimes it gets hard to sort of like pick and choose what pieces of like pop culture to consume because sometimes it's just all so good. Um, but but I am hearing good things about RuneScape. I just not have experienced it uh, enough to to know whether I like it. Or I not. feel like pop culture is kind of generous term there because RuneScape popped like ten years ago or something, right? Hmm. Something like that. Yeah, that's yeah. true. It is. It is kind of having like a little bit of a resurgence. Uh, uh, a lovely user by the name of Simply Clam asks. I'm not a big gamer, but I want to be. What would you guys recommend? A 
person who is not a big gamer who wants to be, I would <sighs> say there are a number of games you can start with that don't necessarily like test uh, skills that are usually hard won through uh, kind of hand-eye coordination reaction stuff. Hmm. Among those, I would highly, highly recommend uh, Portal and Portal 2. Yes. Additionally, uh, any really narrative-based game, like uh, Gone Home, mm. um, The Stanley Parable. Yes. Um, although that one requires kind of like a gaming historical context. Mm, if you've, that's true. But yeah, look up uh, any of those games that uh, have a narrative bent and have a focus on those and give those a shot. Yep, yep. And I hear I hear Firewatch is also Oh yeah. One of those one of those good 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 ones too. Um I think I think it's probably relatively useful, you know, to to maybe kind of figure out what your what your niche is, what your vibe is, and also like be okay, I think, with with not jiving with certain things, right? Like right. like 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 I can appreciate sports games for what they are. You know, there was a time when I, when um, um, at Nirvana Live, uh, the restaurant has these screens um, above the bar, and you're supposed to be playing video games on them. Uh, but at one point, I thought that they were broadcasting a soccer match, um, or football, depending on where you are. Um, they were broadcasting just a live match, and I was like, when did they start like start showing sports here? And then I realized it was just the newest FIFA, and it just looked that good. Um, <laughs> So I can appreciate how how lovely um, those those games look. I can't necessarily get into them as much, but if but if you're sort of interested in kind of becoming a gamer and maybe absorbing um, a lot of that, kind of figure out what you are and aren't into, and just sort of kind of be be cool with that. You know, accept yourself. There's stuff for everyone out there. Yeah, you can prop. I mean, I'm sure there's games about charcoal face masks that you can pick up. <laughs> If that's your thing, <laughs> that like, would be that would be my game of the year when there when there was like a serious like in depth like resource management system face mask sim. built <laughs> built on on managing makeup and um and 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 just the sort of I don't know the the artistry of that not not that I call what I do artistry it can be artistic I call it spackle when I do it to myself because that's about what the goal is. Um, but let's see what else we got here. Um, there, there is something for everyone. Um, definitely go to all sorts of different um, places that are talking about and writing about games. Um, and, and whatever piques your interest. Um, the cool thing is, is that the internet exists and lots of people, you know, uh, Let's Plays are a thing. Um, yeah. and, and, and live streams are a thing. So if you're interested in any particular game... You can definitely just check out a few minutes of it uh, from from Twitch or YouTube or Mixer or, or, or wherever fine video game content is lives, um, and you know watch a few minutes um, and, and see if that might be something that you're into. Like, definitely seek out you know resources now more than ever. There is so much more information on on your favorite games, and there are games that you can pick up and try on the cheap for like five bucks. Yep. That is the cool thing is that is that nowadays you can get your you know pick up yourself some classics for relatively for relatively cheap. Um, let's see, will you uh, Pasta Man, fourteen in Roman numerals asks, will you guys eat an onion live on stream? Um, you know what? If you bring one, I will consume an onion. Nope. I that I will do it. That's a no. But for it has me. to be Pasta Man XIV. No <laughs> one else. No one else um, is. See, see, the cool thing is that ah, uh, Pasta Man says raw onions are very healthy. Um, oh. I'm, I'm, I'm not as much a fan of a raw onion. Actually, how about this? What is your preferred onion preparation? Preferred onion preparation? Yep. Ideally, 
diced and added in minuscule amounts to a marinara sauce. Mm. Other than that, I'm not too big a fan of onions. I feel like there is definitely a negative connotation to anything onion-like. In fact, you could say an onion is kind of like the ogre of the vegetable world. Onions are like ogres. <laughs> they have layers. Indeed. They have super own layers. That's pretty good. Um, ooh, this could be interesting. Um, someone, <laughs> Famous um, last words. Um, Oogie-you, which adorably... Wait, sorry, I shouldn't have said that. <gasps> they have a Toby avatar. <gasps> and I use the word adorable. Oh, no, I shouldn't no. have done that. I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> um, um, they, they're asking about, about the look I know how much... The look. The look. So I, I hit the camera with a look earlier. Not, not, not your look. Oh. But the look of a certain uh, Lothar Rendane. Oh. Uh, specifically a forked tongue? Uh, a forked tongue. I'm not familiar with that. I didn't see much discussion. And uh, perhaps, you know, I never got within kissing distance of Lothar Rendane. <laughs> Um, See, you haven't been close enough to experience. Right, he's got to buy me dinner. <laughs> there um, you go. I got to buy you dinner first. I will say metaphorically, certainly. But yeah. uh, as for whether he has a literal bifurcated thing there, I uh, I don't know. Hmm. I've heard nothing, seen nothing, read nothing. Hmm. I'll have to ask uh, Randy Varnell, or as I like to call him in my head canon, Rezus Vesus, <laughs> about the details of Lothar Rendane's tongue. Great. Um, uh, I'm going to mispronounce your name, but it starts with an X, so kisses and hugs. Um, who are these two? Um, I am Elisa, by the way, for those that are unfamiliar. Um, this is, this is a, a show usually hosted by the one, the only, uh, Randy Pitchford. He sadly could not be with us on today. Um, but I do new media at Gearbox, so things involving uh, content creation um, and influencer relations, where that lives on Twitch, YouTube, Mixer, um, and, and wherever fine, cool online content lives. Um, so I do all sorts of things um, at, at Gearbox. Um, and you, Dante, have, have, have had a laundry list of, of things, something about you know, um, harrier of, 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 of hyphens and... Yes, I do harry, Prince harangue, of... harass, and otherwise <laughs> bother uh, writers and uh, just pretty much everyone at Gearbox to try and make everything as good as possible. But specifically, uh, yes, I, I do a lot of um, management of lore and making sure that uh, everything is copy-edited well. Yes, and... Um, he's uh, Team Oxford, comma, team as am Oxford, I. Yes. And we're just going to go ahead and, and say that if you're not, um, uh, I, I love you and I appreciate you, but you are also wrong. I will not say that. <laughs> I will say that if you are not Team Oxford, comma, I don't love you. Whoa! But you are welcome Dante. to my love if you accept Oxford, comma, into your heart. <laughs> it's that easy. That's great. Um, so, so that's pretty good. Um, so, so, so that is who, that is, that is who we are. Oh, someone from Twitch. Thank you so much, Evan, for bringing us the Twitch questions as they come as well. Um, this is great. So for someone looking to get into writing for games, do you have any suggestions, Dante? Yes. Um, first and foremost, uh, create, have stuff mm. out there that you can show when someone asks, what is it you do or what have you done? What's your style? You want to have something presentable. Uh, so build a portfolio. Uh, additionally, writing for games, um, while 
traditional, you know, fiction writing or, you know, even poetry writing helps with uh, narrative construction to a certain extent mm. and uh, writing style to a certain extent. More importantly, you want to have a good background and foundation in screenwriting. Um, oh. The style of writing for games is very screenwriting heavy. Um, it paces much the same way as movies and shows do. Um, it explica explicates information, reveals it to the audience in much the same way. Hmm. And so you want to be able to showcase that you are familiar with that methodology. Cool. Um, yeah. Other than that, um, you know, just write all the time, write four games, uh, mod, you know, make up quests, uh, and just get a good background there. Nice. Um, so there you go. Hope that helps. Um, Horizon Star Z asks, this, one, this one's a rough one. If you could live in a video game world, which one would you choose and why? Oh. If I could live in a video game world... That's a very, very tough question. Of all of them. <laughs> well, see, the thing is, like, who would I be in this video? Because, you That's know, true. I, I'm just like a faceless NPC. <laughs> like, what video game world is there a respected position for some guy who's going to tell you that you used a comma splice? <laughs> like, it's not, it's not out there. So probably like Minecraft, where even when I'm alone, I can still build stuff. But That works. Yeah, that way I can just, like, you know, gold is plentiful. And, you know, bad things only happen at night. <laughs> I have a house. have a house. <laughs> so, that I made with my own two hands. Right, right. And a wooden axe. And a wooden axe. Um, uh, so so it's, it's kind of funny that this question got asked, actually, because, you know, um, you know, I was sort of thinking, it's like, do I want to live in the Minecraft world? Is this not Stardew Valley off the bat? No, no, not necessarily, because I've also been playing Super Mario Odyssey. Oh. Um, and so now I'm kind of trying to pick. It's like, do I want to live in the world with, like, talking forks? Do I want to live in the world? I mean, I mean, do I want to live just basically, like, but, have, like, a, have, like, a little condo in New Donk City? But like, you're not Mario, and he's got Cappy. If you're not true. Mario in a world where there's a plumber who can possess people at will... <laughs> That's a constant risk. That like is a constant when he rolls up, you know, on your on your scene and he throws a hat at you, what are you gonna do? I guess go on an adventure very briefly. Yeah. As he controls you. Just very briefly. Yeah, and then, you know, you'll just be very confused. So I don't know. Uh I mean I feel like I don't know, I think I think I would like to settle in New Donk City. Um I, it's 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 a fun loving world where there are people that are that are business like they are they are sharply dressed, um, but they also know how to have a little fun. I mean, we have that here too. That's true. You don't have to go to New Donk City for that. You That's know, true. I, I can dress sharp and have a little fun if you want. Like, which you are, by the way. We did get some compliments in um, in the Discord chat um, uh, for for your particular ensemble. Yes, this is the uh, the Target collection. Oh, nice. Yes, I, from some season many years ago. I don't know. Yeah, and for those that are merely listening on the podcast, this this loving ensemble consists of a of a um, sort of a turquoise hoodie um, with with um, a, a, a cream. Oh, okay. I, I was gonna say I didn't want to know. I was sure if I was gonna go eggshell or ecru or a mother of pearl. Or sort of just like an off-white polo shirt with some with some buttons, mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. followed by a sort of a um, a mix of like a coral and a salmon pant, yes, um, with with black lace-up shoes, and it's pretty good. But yeah, so New Donk City, you know, 
I don't know. It's not that great. It's, it sounds like Frisco light to me. Oh, my gosh. We know how to cut loose. Frisco is the place to be. It's pretty good. Um, yep. See, see now, of course, uh, we have a, a nice little uh, Oxford comma debate. What? <laughs> In the Discord chat. Um, which is good because, because what we want is to, to spur war with Oxford commas. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Is to just get more people recruited to the right side. Um, do we have anything else cool from Twitch? Nope. I am getting a nope from Evan. Um, if you are interested in actually talking to us on the phone, by the way, it looks like we are mere minutes away from having a screener available to us so that you can chat with them. Um, and hopefully get, get into a nice little dialogue with us but yes. in the meantime if you ha- if you are watching us on Twitch or YouTube um, and you have any questions for us please p- put them in the chat if you um, dare Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, put them in the chat. Uh, same goes for you folks um, that are hanging out in the Discord chat. Uh, we do apologize, but these things happen because wires sometimes get crossed. Yeah. Um, uh, we have a question from Glendy. Uh, what game do you personally think got the best storyline and audiovisual picture coupled together? So wow. This one's actually a no-brainer for me. Oh. Um, the Last of Us. Cool. I was very, very late to The Last of Us Party, uh, mm. and I played it remastered. It is, hands down, the best narrative that I played in a video game, and the visuals are stunning, heartbreaking at times, you know, tearfully, tear-inducingly beautiful at others. They will elevate you. They will delevate you. <laughs> they will you. do things with your psyche that you weren't aware were possible. Very cool. Um, so good to know. Um, I'm, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to think, um, because, because there's so many, for, for me, it's a lot of, um, kind of small moments. Um, so it's, it's the kind of, um, you know, kind of environmental audio storytelling that happens like in something like, like Gone Home. WarioWare. Yeah, yes. Yes, clearly WarioWare. Very small moments. <laughs> Very small moments. Or even, you know, sometimes for me, um, especially as a musician, sometimes I have a tendency to sort of like decouple mm-hmm. uh, those things. Um, so sometimes I can think of moments where like the music hit me particularly hard, um, but it isn't necessarily... Um, you know what's weird? It's not a game. Um, the thing, the The thing that I feel... That has that has gotten me, um, sort of affected me the most so far in the last few years. That that mixes narrative um, from a, a sort of word perspective and an audio perspective, not even visual, um, is the uh, uh, real play podcast, the actual play podcast, uh, the Adventure Zone, Ooh. by by the McElroy brothers. And um, there there are certain moments where that podcast a story is being told and then just the music that accompanies it like alone with the words, I would be moved. Um, but when it is matched with certain musical cues, it is just waterworks. So you're saying that if I'm, if I'm studying to be an aspiring DM DJ, these are the guys to check out. Defo, defo. Um, and, and that's something that kind of didn't really happen too much until, you know, the, um, the adventure zone goes through different arcs and um, it's sort of like almost like a little earlier than halfway through where 
it kind of really hits its stride in terms of uh, the pairing of, of music with, with the pictures that he paints with the words. Oh. Um, but definitely, if, if you sort of want to fast forward to like a kind of moment, um, it would be in the Pedals to the Metal arc Ooh. of The Adventure Zone. It is a, a D&D podcast um, that, I, that I highly recommend. So there you go. Awesome. Very cool. Um, let's see here. Ah, what's up, low lines? How you doing? Hey, it's this guy. Oh my gosh. Um, this I'm not entirely. Ooh, this I'm not entirely sure on if if I'm familiar with um dark space operations. Oh, okay. Yes, the dark space operations were extended canon that I wrote for Battleborn. Ah, okay, great. So the question from low lines is: if you could make one of the new characters featured in dark space operations into meh their own kind of fully fleshed out creation in the Battleverse, uh, which which one would that be? Okay, well... Of course, making absolutely no promises. Legal disclaimer. Right, of, of <laughs> course. There you go. Uh, this is a very obvious one who's like, you know, the most dramatic and powerful of them, of the characters in Dark Space. Bea knows well who I speak of. Ah. And that would be Captain Dredge. Terror of the Ring, the Saint of Black, the Blue Baron. Whoa. Wait, Saint of Black and the Blue Baron? Yes. The, the Black being, you know, outer space oh, universe okay. stuff. Oh, okay. Okay, so that makes sense. But yes, Terror of the Ring, Dredge. Uh, he's the one who's already kind of like in that narrative most fleshed out as possibly, you know, a Battleborn-esque character. Mm. But from the main cast, from Shane's crew, I would probably say Gustav Gustav. <laughs> Excellent name. Yes, he's a, he's a navigator, uh, and he's got a bit of, like, cybernetic augmentation that allows him to be really good at math, which helps him with calculating hyperlight travel. Nice. Now, speaking of hyperlight travel, we are going to travel very, very quickly to an actual caller that we have on Discord now. Yay! A round of applause, because we actually have, have, have a cool, cool caller on board from Discord. Um, this is the person with the, and I'm not going to say adorable or cute, or anything related to... The terrifying icon. The, the terrifying icon, a Toby icon. Uh, we are going to drag them in um, and see if this works. This is Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> and I'm 100% sure that I'm not pronouncing that right. Are you with us? I am with you. Hey! Uh, hello, you are with us. Hello. Um, so it, it says here... Uh, uh, Jeffrey, we could just call you Jeffrey. Um, you, have, you are calling us from the Netherlands. Oh. Yes, indeed. Do you prefer Jeff or Arachnus? <laughs> Arachnus. Spider King. All right. <laughs> nice. What's up, Jeff? What's up, Jeff? What do you want to talk to us about? What you got? I will ask a simple question first before I get into the real thing. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. We got a, a lob here. All right. Who is actually the smartest, Phoebe or Beatrix? Whoa. Oh. A simple question, he says. Uh, there is no simple answer, but I'll say Beatrix right now, hands whoa, down. Whoa, whoa, But why, though? Uh, but why, though, indeed. Uh, Phoebe has done well for herself with all the benefits of a LLC education and, you know, the many, many resources at her disposal, at her disposal through her family. Um, Beatrix has excelled in every arena, both... Uh, within the silent sisters when she was applying, but you know, failing because she's 
misbehaved. Mm. Um, as well as uh, the generate. Acad- uh, Arts Science Academy. She's the youngest ever to graduate from ArchCAD, if you might recall. So Beatrix, definitely. Wow, okay, so that was easy. All right, so so, so that was apparently the, the simple question. Now... Yeah, I, I thought so. I know, what do you think? That was amazing. I, well, I kind of <laughs> guess, but I didn't know Beatrix was that smart. Oh, yeah. yeah. She's, she's a, a wunderkind. Of the highest caliber. There you go. Now, now you said you had a more complex question. What you got, Jeffrey? Yeah. Um, mm. How did you come up, or your team, with the different factions of Battleborn? Ooh. Uh, that is a question for Reezus Vizus, Randy Varnell. <laughs> Reezus Vizus. I'm calling him that yes. forever. The from mix now master. On. Um, I came onto the project after all of that was established. Oh. And so my role um, was, it was uh, started after, as I said, I corrected a bunch of <laughs> Varnell's, Reese's, Vezus's stuff. Wow. Which, you know, he appreciated. Is he, is, is he going to like, be really, really cold to you on so Monday? Here's the thing. Once he hears this from you. A lot of people don't know this about Varnell. Um, and people, you know, of course, by its very nature, they wouldn't. Uh, Varnell isn't just a great writer slash creative director slash gamer and battle dad. He is also, as it turns <laughs> out, an accomplished ninja. Uh, he has this oh. habit of sneaking into a room as quiet as a mouse and just hovering behind you at your desk for minutes at a time. And he will like, just, I don't know. I don't. I don't have the the reputational capital to expend <laughs> on such hijinks. But Varnell does what he wants, and if what he wants to do is sneak up on you like a ninja, and in my case, decapitate me for correcting him, mm. he'd have done it already. So that's true. I assume that the fact that I'm still employed and not dead, you know, points that uh, we have a good relationship. There you go. Um, while we have you, Jeffrey. Um you know, sorry, sorry, we couldn't answer that sort of origin story question, but I do think that at some point we we will hopefully have um, uh, Reese's Vezus, yes, as he's now officially known, <laughs> um, back back onto the show to maybe get some of that more like OG origin story Battleborn stuff. Um, but but while we got you, got anything else for us from all the way in the Netherlands? Well, not no, not really a question. Just uh, like finish it off. Love the game, Battleborn. Only got 100 hours into it so far. Um, I only got to play it until a few months ago. It's sad that I missed so much stuff. Mm. This game is really a masterpiece. I, I do have to say that. Well, thank you so Aww, much. Thank you so much, Jeffrey. Thanks so much, and thank you so much for calling in. Um, hopefully you have a pleasant... Uh, we'll just go ahead and say maybe afternoon. That's a good guess. In the good Netherlands. Good night. And All right. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night, uh, Jeffrey. Thank you so much for calling in. Um, cool. So, yay. That was good. Some, yeah, I like a, that guy. There's some interesting questions, though. I, I, I thought that the who's smarter question was going to be a lot more, I don't know, like you couldn't pick, but there are actual canonical reasons. Oh, yeah, and these are, you know, hard wow. lines drawn in the sand. I'm sure someone might contend, uh, but they're wrong. Hmm. Um, 
Yeah, Phoebe was my original favorite character, even. So really? there's a bias towards Phoebe um, because, you know, I love my fencing, but nah, Beatrix. <laughs> there you go. And then, of course, it answers the question of, you know, who's your favorite Battleborn? No, it doesn't. Oh. My favorite Battleborn is Melka. Dunzo. My one and only. There you go. But Beatrix uh, is definitely the smartest and the one that I had the most fun working on uh, because I got to, you know, get much more hands-on with her lore. There you go. See? We can have many favorites for many different reasons. Yeah. Such is life. Um, So, uh, what we are going to do is uh, we're going to take another caller from Discord. Um, Here we have... um, Oh, wow. Here we have the one, the only Pasta Man. Pasta Man? Oh, Pasta no. Pasta Man who asked us about uh-huh. onions earlier. Hello, Pasta Man. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's very de- delicious and nutritious and slightly malicious, of course. The I rhyming is, is, is fantastic. Um, so, uh, so, Pasta Man, what, what would you like to chat with us about, Pasta Man? Um, inspiration, for one. All right. Because... Yeah, if some of these games like uh, the Battleborn and I look at some of the art, you've got this like a uh, very cool steampunk robot guy uh-huh, with a uh-huh. top hat with a suit. He's very cool. Uh, sword guys like that. The guy with that's all naked wearing all this uh, battle gear. You know, these guys, these characters, they're so original. Where do you come up with these things? Well, if, 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 if we were the ones to come up with them, then, I mean, unfortunately, we are not. Um, those, those cool decisions um, are, are unfortunately slightly above, above our... Above and lateral. Um, <laughs> above and lateral There's, there's a, us, a great art team. Um, some of the most creative people that I've had the pleasure of working tangential to, <laughs> uh, I will say. Um, you know, there's... Max, uh, Amanda, Chewy are some of my uh, good friends. But you know the whole art team, uh, as well as Kester, uh, yeah. his direction is great. So um, they all, I would say that's attributed to them mm. uh, less so than any of us. Um, because they have just the freshest takes. <laughs> the freshest takes, the hottest takes. Yes. Uh, they come at it from a variety of angles and consistently somehow manage to do that every single time with 30 characters, no less. That's a lot. Yes. So that is a lot. All, all props, the you know, variety of which are mad, go to them. <laughs> all of the maddest of, of props there. All the maddest of props. Um, ooh, actually, um, going to going to sort of go off script here and, and maybe take another question from the general Discord chat, um, which is, what is your favorite minor detail in Battleborn and why? Ooh. Which, which you know, you talk about minor <laughs> details in a game that size, it's like, well, ugh, how do you pick? But My favorite minor detail, there's probably, um, there's probably two that I would pick from. And... Uh, if I'm seeing this correctly, this is from my boy Morse Mode. <laughs> and uh, it's either the name of one of the lore pages for Beatrix is titled Nichts ist ohne Gift, which oh. is uh, German for nothing is without poison, um, which is a quote from Paracelsus, uh, the father of modern toxicology, who said, nothing is without poison. It is only the dose that matters. Wow. And so there's that one, or there is 
a, an achie- a challenge, not an achievement, a challenge uh, titled East and Backward, I think it's East and Backward Pale Faces, which uh, there, was, there was a fun little thread where everyone was trying to say, oh, we're picking out all the references. I said, no, guys, you're never going to get them all. This is one of the deepest ones there is. Uh, I think it was uh, East and Backward Pale Faces uh, Smiling is the final line of, uh, mm-hmm. word of that line. It's a reference to an Australian poet from like the 1800s named Barcroft Boke. And uh, he had a, a poem titled Where the Dead Men Lie. So if you want to see the full text of that poem, oh my gosh. which is great, it's a poem about his experiences in the Australian outback. Uh, it's great. But one of those two are my favorite minor details. Uh, okay. I mean, I was just going to be like, Raina's death drop, because that's just really good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, Raina's, Raina's eyebrows are goals. Like I did. Okay. And you just come up with all that. All right. That's cool. That's fantastic. Um, so sort of speaking to that last one, which is hella obscure, um, is, is, is that particular thing like, like a, a, an OG Dante Silva joint? Like, is that, is that one of yours? That's one that I dropped in there. Where, where do you find things like that and sort of how do you pick and choose like what kinds of things to sort of pepper in and what not to? Um, so I, I try and keep it fresh with a variety of depths. Uh, you know, some of the cuts are deeper than others. Uh, you have, you know, there's a, another one of Beatrix's lore pages is called Shining Crazy Diamond, yeah. which I was disappointed to see many thinking was a reference to some anime that uses a bunch of classic rock no, stuff. it is a, it is clearly a reference to Shine On You Crazy Diamond by Pink Floyd. Yes, yes, thank you. Um, so some of them are the, you know, more surface level, you know, uh, what's, the, what's the term I'm looking for? Superficial cuts. Yeah. Um, and others are the more hemorrhagic variety. <laughs> and, the deepest of cuts. Uh, as for how I, you know, pick those up, when I am, you know, in the zone, in the lore zone, as I said, constantly consuming and metabolizing this media i am also on the constant search for tangential related stuff Mm. Um, and so i'm you know reading poetry that's related to strange and obscure distant places and what people's experiences are in those things that's how i picked up on a barcroft bokes poem um, about what's uh, affectionately called the never never uh, it's Ooh. an archaic term for the outback. The never, never. The never, never. Um, and so that's where a number of those things come from. So Beatrix, uh, she has a lot of experience with toxicology. So I do a lot of research on, you know, toxicology and pharmaceuticals and what it's like in that industry and, you know, what goes <laughs> into naming various poisons and all that stuff. I, I, I feel like like your, like, internet search history yeah. is... <laughs> Is is slightly sketch, and I'm sure you're gonna have a knock on your door at some point and be like, "Wait, no, no, it's for a game. It's for yeah. a game. It's yeah, for a game. it's it is uh, extensive and varied. <laughs> That's awesome. That's really really cool. Um, yeah, because I'm and I'm I'm one of those kinds of people that is that is always a sucker for for kind of small little details like right, that. Right. Um, so so that's pretty awesome. Um, let's see a minor detail in Battleborn. Um. For me, yeah, I'm just gonna have to go with um, with Raina's eyebrows. They are on fleek. <laughs> is it is it still lit to say that on fleek? Uh, is that what the kids are saying? That hurts, my face. <laughs> that hurts. That hurts. Um, uh, Jeffrey uh, mentions. Looks like I have to play Bleatrix more now. Any deed? 
Any price. Any deed, any price. We are sustained. That's so cool. That is so awesome. Well, it looks like uh, we, are, we are slowly winding down this long and winding road that is at Nerdvana Live. Um, unfortunately, we did have a few folks that I know um, were, were waiting um, at, at one point in time. Um, we, we apologize and we do, you know, we, we do apologize for those technical difficulties that we experienced sort of mid-show. Um, but again, we do do this every week um, on, on Sundays um, and and who knows I do not know who the guests will be next week but I'm sure that they will hopefully be mm, I doubt they'll be as awesome as you I also doubt that but it's it's <laughs> good to be encouraging set high goals for them to reach to you know reach reach for the Dante if you fail you'll at least land amongst the stars <laughs> There you go. Just, just somebody cross stitch that on a pillow and and send it to uh, send it to Nirvana. Right with um, the onion. Yeah. So I, I apologize to those callers that we could not get to today, um, but but thank you very very much for for all of the callers that we could uh, get to today. Um, I definitely want to sort of turn around and 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 wave a thank you. I don't necessarily think that they're listening, but wave wave a thank you. To, to the folks back there, uh, to, to both Oscar Mike and Kitru. Um, and here's what we're going to do. If you find yourself uh, very, very briefly within, uh, within this area, we're going to hang out for just a brief period of time because I know you have places to be and adventures to run. Dice to roll. And dice to roll. Um, quick question. Have you ever lied on a roll? Absolutely. I said I play as cruelly or as benevolently as the story demands. Um, now, I try not to make a habit of it. It's not every time, but, you know, you gotta, you got to fudge it a little bit. So I am here with clearly the rogue IRL and in D&D, Dante Silva, lore master, believer in the Oxford comma, um, and also an absolutely impeccable dresser. Um, thank you so much for coming in with us, Dante. Do you have any other sort of words of, of wisdom and light to spread since you are a man of words? Uh, all I would say is, you know, keep on keeping on for solace. For solace. That is exactly why we do the do. So thank you all so much for hanging out with us on another rousing rendition of at nerdvana live we will see you next week of course if you miss the show you can always catch the vod on youtube or twitch along with some highlights of the best of which i'm sure is going to be really really hard to pick um, but you can catch full episodes as well as highlights on twitch and youtube and you can also catch the podcast on itunes on podbean or wherever fine podcasts are distributed um, as well as ours uh, so thank you very much for hanging out with us we will see y'all later for Solus and have a great one. <laughs> <laughs>